Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am so glad you joined me. I hope you'll also join me by hopping out to accessmore.com when you're done listening to this podcast. On Access More, you are going to find loads of other faith-based, kind of thought-provoking podcasts about topics like religion, culture, family, even entertainment, and a whole lot more than that. They have podcasts from Christian thought leaders like Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Torn Wells, Bob Goff. I have some favorites. You find out which ones yours are. It's fun to kind of uh, explore them. So access more though. It gives you a space that's safe to discover inspiring conversations about faith. So if you're a fan of this show, and I hope you are, then I hope you will also hop on out there to find some encouragement, hope, and joy from those podcasts on accessmore.com. All right, so here we go. This podcast episode is a remix little bit added into it, a little bit updated. It is titled One Stressed Mess. And I guarantee it will sound better than the last one because I have newer equipment uh, than when I recorded this two and a half years ago. All right. Yes, there are days that I am definitely one stressed mess. I don't know about you, but God is great. And I believe we are indeed called to take care of ourselves, even in the middle of a mess. The best that we know how that is, because sometimes we don't know how, do we? I, I always don't know. I don't always. <laughs> I don't always. <laughs> I don't always know the best way to take care of myself in a situation. And sometimes it takes going through something more than once or some reflection to figure it out. But with God, I usually get there. So part of um, this is the all now very familiar self-care kind of mantra you're hearing everywhere. So here's a pod quote for you. Self-care is giving God the best of you instead of what's left of you. Hmm, I like that. Um, I have no idea who said that, but I love it because if we give God the best of what we have and the best of who we are, he will multiply it as well as continue to bless us. We just have to turn around and give him glory for it, you know? Because self-care, it seems like a real worldly idea, but it's so important because God didn't call us to trash ourselves. He didn't call us to not take care of what he's blessed us with, including our heart, mind, body, and spirit. All right. So one more pod quote. Ready? I have this pod quote for you. Um, This is by James Blanchard Cisneros. That's Spanish, and I hope I got it right. I had to look it up. Okay. So here it is. What if... For just one day, we decide to choose not to carry the burden of stress and worry. What do we truly have to lose by trusting God's plan instead of our own? Oh, I like that. I'm going to say it again. What if for just one day, we decide to choose not to carry the burden of stress and worry? What do we truly have to lose by trusting God's plan instead of our own? Interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Well, I used to do a presentation for various organizations actually on self-care. I called it putting the self back in care. You like that? I liked it. (laughs) It was an inspirational, humorous reminder of what self-care is and why it's so important. And that topic has come up a lot in my life the last few years. It's kind of of almost cyclical in a way. It's as if there are distinct seasons when self-care is emphasized in my life, like it or not. Sadly, the pattern thus far has gone such that when I've been asked about self-care or requests 
come pouring in for me to come speak about self-care, then every which way I turn, I see quotes and little stories about self-care. And it's usually followed by me being plunged headlong into a time of chaos and busyness like no other, as if God had been reminding me that I need to take care of myself. Um, and it's even harder to do so right before I speak. And, and you know, trying to prepare ahead of time for what was uh, coming or what might come, it's hard to do, especially when you're that busy and things seem chaotic. But through those times, God reminds me before I go speak through the craziness in my life that it really is super important for me to take care of myself and not let the seemingly out of control chaos and crowd that's going on around me or even inside my head uh, mess with me, especially in my time with him. Now, not long ago, I did um, some podcast called R&R and R and then the other R about rest, relaxation, rejuvenation. And that's kind of where uh, some of this comes from Um, or vice versa. Those podcasts came from this whole idea of self-care and how I got to a place this past year where I was not taking care of myself inside and out like I was supposed to. Now, I'm not prophesying over myself or predicting that I'm getting ready to be thrust into a world of chaos. In fact, sometimes those seasons when I need to take extra special care of myself or pay more attention to the little things I need to do um, are just as much about blessed busyness and responsibility than anything else. I mean, again, I've said it often, with blessing uh, comes responsibility. And with that additional responsibility, it tends to be busy. So me trying to manage all of those blessings can be stressful. So it's not always a bad, tragic uh, sequence of events that makes me stressed. I mean, we all get stressed even in the middle of being blessed, don't we? We can have so many good things going on that it's almost extreme at times. It's like overload, overload, warning. (laughs) It's still blessing, yet it can still be busyness. It's a full calendar even if it's a calendar full of good things instead of stressful, difficult things. So the stress can still build up and that alone can take us over. It can take us down and wear us out. So self-care, self-care, not (laughs) self-core, self-care is ultra important during those times too. And by the way, if you're new to listening to my podcast, you'll know that, um, You'll, you'll need to know that I'm not shy about, well, pretty much anything. Um, so let me not be shy again and let you know that one quote or platitude or Bible Belt model or mantra I cannot stand is too blessed to be stressed. What? Okay. Yeah. I know that sounds all Christian-y, wonderful, too blessed to be stressed and hunky-dory, but really people, let's be honest. I do get it. That saying is thrown out there to evoke a response in us, to try to get us to respond by going, hmm, I am blessed. So why should I be so stressed? And and make us kind of tuck our theological tails under us in a bit of shame. Like if we act stressed, then we are seemingly somewhat forced to pause and look around and say, oh, I am so blessed. And then ta-da, now I'm not so stressed anymore. Um, yeah, it doesn't work that way. I get the meaning behind it. And it's not a bad thing to pause and look around, look within sometimes and see that we are blessed and that the eternal goodness from Jesus is here, that his promises are real. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit is so much greater than any stress that we see or that we can endure. But I don't believe that just because you're blessed, you can't also be stressed. Hello, Jesus knew he was the son of God. 
the Messiah, the Savior. He knew the blessings that were to come. He knew that he would be with his father in heaven once he died and he was going to be seated at the throne. That's pretty major. That's the blessing, the eternal birthright he had. And yet he had times that he was stressed. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. John eleven thirty five. That's the easiest scripture to remember in the entire Bible, by the way. It's just two words. Jesus wept and he did. How stressed do you feel? Do you feel when someone you love and care dies? If you care for somebody, how do you feel? Do you think Jesus not felt? Jesus wept. Don't you think Jesus was stressed when he wept? Even though he knew that Lazarus would be raised from the dead, he still wept. Jesus was angry when the religious leaders acted like they were better off than other people. And he was angry when people decided to use the temple courts to make profit and sell their goods. So those money changers made him angry. So he literally shouted to them to get out. He took whips and drove them from the courtyard, turning the tables over. Now, how angry and stressed out do you have to be to grab a whip and turn some tables over? Have you ever, ever gotten angry enough to turn a table over? But yet had the ability in the middle of it to stop and say, Oh, wait a minute. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I should just let this go. Why am I so angry over this? <laughs> I don't think so. Have you ever been able to rein in your anger or, or, or even as Jesus's anger was righteous anger in the heat of the moment to be happy enough in the middle of that anger to say, oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. No, I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying you can't control your anger. People can. I can't. I'm not saying that you won't react to anger. That's not what I'm saying. But can you in the middle of your anger, even if you're controlling it, can you stop in the middle of it and go, oh, I'm so blessed. Forget this feeling. I don't need to feel it. I don't need to be angry. I'm not stressed. I don't think so. That's not, I'm not saying it's not possible because anything with the Lord is possible, but that's not how we humans are built. And before Jesus was arrested, by the way, fulfilling the prophecy uh, where he died on the cross, he knew what was coming. He knew the blessing to come again, but he knew the trial that was going to happen in order to get there. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and he was so stressed, he had what's called hematidrosis. It's a real thing, people. Hematidrosis. His tears had blood in them. Yeah, this is a real thing. The Bible didn't just, you know, come with something out of the air. It came with truth. The words in the Bible are true. And this is a real condition that can come from immense stress. Jesus wept tears of blood, tears of anguish and stress when he prayed. And yet, was he not about to receive the most amazing blessing in the days to come? He was. Well, heck, Jesus, why didn't you just jump up dancing in the Garden of Gethsemane and shout, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Who cares if I'm going to be hung on a cross and stoned to death? No, he couldn't because it's not realistic. It's not heartfelt. It's not truth. It's not truth. Okay. So isn't that what we're encouraged to do though? No, we're not facing that cross. Praise God. Jesus did that for us. But we are often faced with some serious trials and heavy burdens of our own to carry. And yet, if we follow the example of Jesus, we don't have to shout for joy over being stressed. 
He didn't do it, but we can pray through it. We can weep. We can anguish. We can pray in earnest for the Father to take this cup from us, whatever it is. And if he doesn't, then we can get up and face whatever it is that is still with us. Because we know he's with us, facing it with us, knowing that even if we are stressed, a blessing will come because that's the way God works. Our obedience goes hand in hand with God's favor on us. Even if that blessing doesn't happen just when we want it, just how we want it. It's always, always just when we need it. And so all of this goes right along with the other false narratives we're told that we should believe in order to be considered good Christians. I'm using air quotes and you can't see that, but my fingers are going, good Christians. <laughs> Ready? Good Christians. Just picture it. So I contend that some of these platitudes and Christian speak is what scares off non-Christians from being a part of the kingdom of God from being a part of the body of Christ. I mean, if you don't truly know the deeper meaning of too blessed to be stressed, and let's say you're at work and your life at home, your finances, your relationships, they're all a complete mess, then what are you going to do? Some by your own fault. Let's say some of the stress at home and at work um, and your finances is partly your own fault and others by someone else's free will or just good old life circumstances. But yet you walk by another person's office and say, hi, how are you? And their answer is too blessed to be stressed. You're thinking, what must that feel like? Well, I'm not blessed because I have all of this stuff going on in my life. That's wrong. That's difficult. That's hard. And I feel stressed. So uh, maybe God doesn't love me enough to bless me. Otherwise I wouldn't be stressed. Or, or I'd be happy-go-lucky sounding, walking around quoting Christian memes and Disney characters. Why should I believe in a God like that? Think about it. So guess what? You can be blessed and stressed. That's reality. You can have faith but still have fear. You can have an amazing love for Jesus Christ and still have doubt at times. You can have an overflowing love for God but still dislike where he's called you to be. And what he's called you to do. You're being perfected little by little, day by day, as he molds you and he shapes you. And, and yet, still, you're not perfect. <laughs> you won't be. You can be peaceful in the middle of a storm. But the storm will still rage around you. Your heart can be willing to go and be and do whatever it is he's leading you to do. And yet, your flesh might still try to hold you back. You can have a deep belief in God's hand on you, but still have times of unbelief. And you can take care of yourself and not be selfish. And all the while, you are still his child, no matter what you choose. All the while, you are still loved by him. And all the while, he has favor coming your way if you'll keep praying through the stress in earnest. Take action when he says and rest when he calls you to. That helps with distress as well. And that brings me back to the self-care topic. Is self-care selfish? Maybe some of you have been bombarded through your work or having this work-life balance mantra shoved at you through HR <laughs> or, or you've read it oh so many times on so many means on social media about self-care and now you can't but roll your eyes every time you hear the word like I sometimes do <laughs> when you hear about self-care. 
Well, I've read memes and social media posts, uh, as well as heard a pastor recently say that self-care and self-love were the epitome of narcissism and the downfall of our nation. Um, sorry, but I don't see that in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says we should love others as we love ourselves. Do you love yourself? And just look around at the world. Those who seem the most narcissistic seem to be those who don't love themselves so much. They treat others horrifically. And they think of others in horrific manners because that's how they feel about themselves. And even though they seem obsessed with themselves, the reality is they're obsessed not with loving themselves, but with trying to heal and soothe and cope and get attention and make themselves feel better in every way that they can. Even if that means bringing somebody else down to the level they're at. So everything is about themselves so they can somehow feel better about their own life and their own existence. I believe narcissistic people are struggling to find out who they really are when really, if they knew to the core of their soul, whose they are, their eyes, their intentions, their focus would be on something other than themselves. Those people who are self-centered, not Christ-centered, that's how they come across. Nope, the Bible doesn't say to be self-centered, but it says we are to love ourselves. It says we are to love ourselves, forgive ourselves, take care of ourselves and our temples. And all of that equals self-care. In other, you know, you, you can't take care of other people well if you don't first take care of yourself well, right? You won't have the strength, the mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical strength and sharpness and faith and energy to do so. In Mark 6, Jesus tells the disciples to go get rest and seek quiet, a lesson we should all apply to our lives. No? Yes. Yes, Karen, we should. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 6 tells us we should take care of our temples. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And Mark eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. One of my favorite verses, too, is um, Psalm 4, 8. It says, I will lie down in peace and sleep, for though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. You see, this reminds me that I should get rest and sleep. And no matter the stress going on, no matter the fear I might feel, I can rest in God. That also is self-care. So maybe you're one of those people, um, a little bit like me perhaps, who sometimes can't recognize when they've ignored their own self-care. When you're stressed and bubbling inside from being too busy or too committed to too many things, be them good or just busyness or chaos, or maybe you've let some area of your health go unchecked, so you're unhealthy. You're dealing with busyness or maybe recovering from some trauma or even a tragedy. Then then you realize you haven't slept well for a week or all of a sudden something wells up inside you and it all comes exploding into torrents of tears at the most inopportune times or frequent times. Or maybe for you it comes out in snappy, sarcastic, rude remarks or even bigger outbursts of uncontrollable anger. Let me share with you how I can tell that I'm getting to the point when I need some serious quiet time, some rest, 
some of that R and R and R and self-care. I can tell when the 10 minutes of worship music that I listen to in the car or the 15 minutes of devotional time a day and the Bible study once a week and prayers at night are not enough anymore. Because, frankly, that routine is not enough for me or most anyone on any given week, really, let alone in times of great stress. So it's like the more parched you are, the thirstier you are and the more water you need. So when things are even more out of control, the more we need. But here's the thing. If we would hydrate in the first place, we wouldn't get dehydrated, right? If we drank more water, we wouldn't have an issue in the first place. It's the same thing. If we got more God, we wouldn't feel like we're so thirsty and hungry for him and depleted all the time because we'd have him. So we need more than just a little bit here and there. We need resting in God. We need the quiet so we can hear him. We need the dedicated time in prayer and worship uh, and, and the resting our bodies, the eating right. We need time for laughter, time for family and friends, more than just a few minutes here and there or more than a couple hours a week and, and seeing family and friends uh, that we're close to more than once in a blue moon, you know, three times a year at holidays, it's not enough. It's really not enough. You have a best friend, you need to reach out to him. You need to talk. You need to talk. You have a close family member, you need to talk. It's connecting. It's praying for each other. It's praying with each other. You know, most of us know how to take better care of ourselves. We've read those 100 memes and 20 articles and listen to podcasts or sermons about how to take quiet time, 10 tips on better prayer life, 15 ways to worship in the middle of your day, and how to be still when the world is racing around you. But identifying just when we've gone too far, too hard, or too long without that important self-care is sometimes very difficult because we can easily get to a state of comfortable chaos. We get used to the busyness and ignoring our own needs. Even when our spirit, our heart and mind and body are crying out, we've learned to ignore the cry. It's become our sad, sad norm. We get our heads down and our eyes focused on our to-do list and we forget that we might, just might be heading for a fall if we don't stop, rest, take a deep breath and take care of ourselves like we should. Or if we just don't take time out from doing our normal everyday average things that bog us down, go take that one day trip. Go take one overnight trip if you can afford it. Grab a friend, grab a family member, spend some time, enjoy the outdoors, uh, enjoy what's going on around us. Unplug, get away from, sorry to say it, get away from the social media and the, the even the podcast and the phone and anything that you can that sucks you back in just for a short period of time, whether it's a couple hours and you go have lunch with girlfriends or it's, it's a day and you take a little day trip, whatever it is, go do it. So, you know, how can I tell when I've not done this though? Um, cause sometimes it catches up with you, doesn't it? You, you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't touched base with so-and-so or I haven't talked to so-and-so and I miss them and I love them. Or I haven't spent time with God or I can't tell you the last time I read a full chapter in the Bible or I listen to a worship song, it can catch up with you. So how can I tell when I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing my due diligence with self-care? First of all, uh, one thing that I do is I start degrading myself. You know what I mean? When I mess something up, or maybe I trip or slip or bump into things, and the first thought that comes to my mind and words that slip out of my mouth are something akin to, oh, I'm so stupid, 
or what an idiot I am. Or I look in the mirror and it doesn't matter how made up, how dressed up, how fresh I look. My first thought is, oh my gosh, you look horrible. You're so ugly. You're so fat. Or what's wrong with you? Do you do that? Yeah, that's one of my first signs. Because I'm not really a self-deprecating kind of person. I'm not a person that's constantly insulting myself. I, I used to be. Thank God I don't think that way all the time. But I know when I'm really stressed and I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. I haven't done my due diligence. I haven't drank the water so I don't become dehydrated. When I start to get dehydrated, I start to feel it. So, yep, that lack of self-love ekes right out of me when I'm not taking care of myself. <laughs> oh, this is one of those times. All right, ready? Inevitably, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, inevitably, my self-loathing uh, that I can have at times will spill over into loathing everyone and everything around me. Uh, yeah. When I'm depleted and I haven't taken care of myself, that's what happens. And even if it's only for a blink of an eye or a thousand blinks, it still happens. And I shouldn't let myself get to that point. You love others like you love yourself. And when I loathe myself, I tend to start to loathe other people too. Lack of sleep. That's another clue for me. Not the, oh, my hormones are flashing or my puppy is throwing up and there's a lot of thunder outside kind of, I can't sleep at it you know, thing that's going on, but the, the thoughts racing that keeps me up, that kind of sleeplessness where worry sets in and I start going over and over scenarios in my head. That is a sign. That is a clue to me. Also, um, there's the slight overreactions that I'm kind of like an incident I had not long ago. For me, these can be over overreactions that result in extremely quick anger or extreme silliness. I mean, really silly giggly stuff basically lack of self-care makes me extreme I guess that's what we can say I usually tend to go to the silly route but something my husband and kids are thankful for by the way uh, because I'm usually a goofy person anyhow but when I go go to the extreme and make myself laugh till I cry like I mean I will I will crack myself up and laugh till I cry it means I've well gone to that extreme point <laughs> I need some R and R and R so what was the incident that happened uh, not long ago? Well, I had canvassed the building where I worked uh, for some caffeine because, well, sleeplessness uh, the previous nights kicked in. So go figure. I was on search for some needed caffeine, but I'm, I'm not a big caffeine drinker. Um, I might have a little bit every other day, but I, I don't like, nor do I drink coffee. Although you might catch me buying coffee just to smell it because I love that aroma. But it reminds me of waking up in the mornings when I was younger and smelling the coffee my mom and dad would brew and, and seeing them sitting at the kitchen table. So it evokes some strong, wonderful memories. But anyhow, I was on this quest for my favorite caffeinated drink, Dr. Pepper. Um, 10 different vending machines were in that building and my frustra frustration was mounting because I'd grabbed my phone, I put my headphones in to listen to a podcast and decided to walk the building. So the walking didn't bother me. In fact, I needed it to stay awake. So I turned on a podcast and away I went in search of that Dr. Pepper in one of those 10 machines. So I'm wearing pants with no pockets that day and I put my change in my bra, two quarters and a dime. Yeah, believe it or not, the machines in the building only cost 
60 cents for a soda can of soda I know that's still awesome isn't it so anyway I go from vending machine to vending machine around the building until ta-da I finally found one with Dr. Pepper left in it in the basement then I couldn't recall where my change was <laughs> I got so into what I was doing that I couldn't remember where I put it I'm looking around as if someone might be able to tell me where I put my change when I finally remembered that it was in my bra <clears throat> so this vending machine let me just explain. It was in the stairwell of the basement. So I just glanced around and since I saw no one, I just reached my hand, my everything right down into my bra and started searching for that change. Now, let me just say this. I'm so glad that I have good bras because one's without the underwire, by the way, because those are really uncomfortable. I haven't had a bra without an underwire in years. Um, until the last couple years and they're unbelievably comfortable and supportive so that's fantastic um, so yes yes I do realize that an underwire free bra puts me at a very severe disadvantage if I ever get kidnapped or something like that and change to change to the inside of a, a railway car because I wouldn't be able to chew through my bra to get to the underwire and use it to pick the lock on the chains um, I think of these things but it's a chance I'm willing to take so underwire free I start digging around in my bra. I found one quarter and then the dime, but no second quarter. And I thought, oh no, this new underwire free bra has let my change slip through. It, it Somewhere in the trek around the last nine vending machines is my quarter. Yes, this is really what I was thinking. And then I thought, no, it has to be in here somewhere because I, I mean, the bra isn't loose, so I basically ended up with my arm halfway around my C-cups, all the way up to my wrist, digging for change. And then it started. Yeah, I started giggling uncontrollably. I could imagine what I looked like. I just busted out laughing so hard that I had to take a minute before I resumed my hunt for that quarter. Although, I still had my arm and my hand in my bra. So I finally found the quarter. It was hiding nearly underneath my right armpit. How it got there, I don't know, but I was still laughing when I found it. So as I'm doing a little jiggle and I'm oh so happy I found my quarter dance, I hear someone else giggling. But it wasn't coming from me. It was not my own giggle. I wasn't that out of it. I looked around and I saw no one. I mean, I was in the basement. So I put my change in the machine. I selected my Dr. Pepper. I got the nice cold can out of the machine. I held it up in victory and said, woohoo. And then I heard the laughter, not just giggling laughter. And this time I heard it above me. So I looked up and I realized, oh, I'm in the stairwell. And the stairwell was open. So you could see the stairwell above me. Above me. And there I saw this face of a man looking over the railing about two floors up watching me I busted out laughing and I held up my Dr. Pepper like I was giving a toast and just held it up and I left it, it really didn't dawn on me to be embarrassed or wonder <laughs> wonder who in the world this guy was that was looking down on me until I got back to my desk and then when I sat down I just had to laugh because oh my gosh first of all I was giddy I, I mean, this is one of those um, undue giddiness, <laughs> undue silliness. But here I was. I, I was super silly. Again, extreme. This is one of those extreme days. Hadn't slept in a while. So now this extreme silliness is not really an issue. But it is almost always a precursor to something else extreme. 
like sensitivity to other people's words and actions or being easily agitated or miscommunicating with people. And on those days or during those times, this is when I've begun to realize that I have not taken time for quiet time and self-care like I should. I haven't had maybe some of that R&R and R that I need. It does make for some interesting and nice stories I can share. <laughs> and apparently I made an impression because as I was leaving the building that day, got on the elevator and standing right there in front of me was a man. And as I pushed the first floor button, he said, did you enjoy your Dr. Pepper? <laughs> and I just busted out laughing. Thank God we were only on for one floor together. But <laughs> that's when I had sense enough for my face to turn red. And I went home and I had some quiet time with God. I did sleep better that night, by the way. So now I could have told you about the time I got so angry at the driver in front of me that I wanted to ram my car into his, but instead I pulled over on the side of the road and calmed down. And I prayed in earnest, I can assure you, so I would calm down. That initial reaction to a crazy driver was extreme for me because that's not my norm. Maybe for others, it's a normal thought, but for me, it's extreme. I could have told you also maybe about the time I flew off the handle at my husband over one small thing he said, and that I took completely the wrong way. Again, an extreme reaction to a small thing, because we all have our breaking points, our telltale signs in our own, and I mean, really, our own means of self-care, because what works for me may not work for you. But my prayer for you today is that you will recognize those signs in yourself and you'll ask God to help you recognize them. Just pray into it. Pray about it. I encourage you to take the time to figure out what those signs are in your life and heed the warnings. Your heart, your mind, your body, and your spirit will tell you when you've gone too far, too hard, too fast, too long. So pay attention. And when you do, you're not only being obedient to God, but you'll then be prepared to give him the best of you, not what's left of you, like that quote said. Thank you for tuning in to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am really glad you joined me for this remix. So I would appreciate it if you would review, comment, be sure and download um, or upload whichever it is on your system. Give me some feedback share, follow all of the good, good things you would do with the podcast that you listen to. And I greatly appreciate it. And don't forget, follow me on Instagram. You can search for one woman inspired. That's the number one followed by woman inspired or hop on out to womaninspired.com and you'll find all my links and info there. Until next time, grace and peace.